Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. And we're here for our 144th episode of the Talk That Talk Show. Guys, I feel like February has flown by, but here we are in the midway point pretty much of the month and we've had so much that's happened over these past couple days, uh, accumulating to a great week. But I'm just so happy to be here with you guys on this show each and every week. Um, last week when I was talking to you guys, I was telling you about how I was hyped to get started to go towards this tournament up in, um, you know, Pennsylvania for Unholy. I mean, in Delaware for Unholy. And guys, you know, that experience was something that definitely shaped me and molded me to be a better bowler, guys. Um, one of the things that I definitely wanted to talk to you guys about was the fact that I had done three sets like I told you that I wanted to. And that was big for me because, you know, the last time that I was at Unholy, I'd only done one set and it wasn't exactly my best set. And, you know, coming into this, I really wanted to do so much better and, you know, prove the progress that I've made over this past year. And the first set, you know, the partner that I had, David Lee, shout out to him. He shot a 300. It was like, it was so inspiring, again, to have yourself who wasn't bowling exactly a greatest, but it didn't hinder the person I was bowling with, and he was able to bowl a 300. So I was just so happy for him, but it wasn't my best set. Then going into the second set with my father, you know, I felt a little bit more comfortable, had a better set, but wasn't exactly my best again. But you know, the third set in five games, I wound up shooting 1057. And that was one of my best tournament sets to average 211. And, you know, I was so excited about that. And, you know, the progress to prove to myself in a place that wasn't my own, you know, bowling alley that, you know, I do belong here. And, you know, the goals that I want to set for myself are achievable. And, you know, upon achieving those goals, you know, I had all the confidence coming into Tuesday. And, you know, like I said, when you feel like you have it figured out a little bit and you have those things that you, you, you've had success with and you want to translate them everywhere else, you know, it becomes so easy to think and, and to have that confidence and that swag after, you know, you've had success. But, you know, Tuesday I met humble, a humble experience because, you know, I was bowling against my friend Ernie. Um, Ernie is like an absolute stud. I'll put him on my Mount Rushmore bowlers of all time. Uh, but he is an absolute machine. And to go out and have to bowl against him, I, I bowled pretty good. Shot a 593, but when you're bowling against somebody of that caliber, it just wasn't good enough. And, you know, he beat me by over 200 pins. So, like, the, the most relatable thing that, you know, I kind of took out of that, you know, just taken away from bowling is that, you know, even at our, like, highest of highs and, like, the utmost of, you know, places where we feel like we've achieved these things, you know, there can definitely be those experiences out there to kind of humble us and bring us back down to reality that, you know, we have so much more to uh, look forward to and so much more to gain. And, and whether it be knowledge, whether it be experience, whether it be, you know, productivity, you know, there's so much out there for us, you know, just don't let those wins that we have keep us complacent and, you know, to, to stay hungry, you know, I'm happy to go into a, a, an event to, uh, tomorrow at um, Strathmore Lanes with my uh, team DIY and I was just so hyped because, you know, this team is the first time I feel like with a UBA franchise, 
I felt like a team. It's one thing when everybody has on the same jersey, but it's something to to be a team and to to have that cohesion. And we had a situation where my boy Rob, shout out to Rob, he was uh, picked to be one of our top nine to go into uh, this tournament tomorrow. And, you know, he showed, you know, the utmost selflessness as far as being a teammate to where he said, hey, you know, I don't exactly feel comfortable bowling at this lane. And instead of just taking the slot and, you know, just putting the team on his back where he didn't feel comfortable, you know, he wind up saying to our captain saying, hey, you know, I need to get switched out. Um, You know, you think your brother could maybe bowl. And my brother was itching an opportunity to represent the franchise in a, in a tournament, at a tour stop. And for him to be able to get that opportunity from my teammate's selflessness, it's something that always makes us all have to see the bigger picture and see the, the, the bigger sacrifice it takes. Like when you're in a team and when you're with like, you know, all collective trying to achieve the same goal, you know, more often times than not, you will achieve that goal if everybody's on the same page. And a lot of times when we see, you know, teams struggle or we see the separation between success and teams for years and years, you know, it becomes everybody being on that same uh, playing field and being on that same level. Um, when you don't have, you know, your teammates out there to have your back, you know, who can you count on when you need to get it done? So I was just so happy to see a teammate like Rob, you know, show that selflessness to give my brother an opportunity to show who he is as a bowler. And, you know, that's some of the things that I just truly enjoy from the sport of bowling, you know, on a weekly, daily basis of trying to learn and, and understand experiences and take them in and try and put them where it makes sense for me to, to be positive for the next day moving forward. And, you know, after, you know, a long week of bowling, you know, I was completely shocked at, um, you know, the trades from the NBA and everything that had happened. And, guys, if you didn't know what happened, there were some blockbuster things. And one of the headlining things we're definitely going to have to talk about on this show because, you know, my you know right-hand man, my best friend, um, he decided, he was like, yo, it's that time, B. You got, I got to be on there. So, you know, I had to set it up for him because, guys, there's no other biggest Nets fan that I know to talk about a trade as monumental that went down now uh, this past couple of days. So, guys, for your viewing pleasure, I got the biggest Nets fan that I know. Please give a warm round of applause for my best friend, my right-hand man, Jeffrey Farrell. <laughs> good job. Oh man, I tell you what, he he inspired me to throw on the, the black mesh jaw when he came out with the colors, man. We gotta represent. Hell yeah! Hopefully they end the lockout soon, man. I'm trying to watch some baseball, but you know, I, I definitely want to get into a jump right in, man. We brought you on here. You're the Nets connoisseur. For the people out there, can you tell them about the trade that happened just now, man, with your Nets? So pretty much the uh, the trade that was rumored to happen finally happened. Ben Simmons for James Harden, and they also sweetened it up with Seth Curry and Drummond. So uh, I think that was a good trade for the Nets. Yeah, I think that, you know, with what the Nets gain is – they gained a guy at Ben Simmons that 
We don't exactly know what he is 100% capable of at the moment, but it's better than losing James Harden for nothing, wouldn't you say? Oh, that's a big facts. Uh, so I, honestly, I didn't think he wanted to leave at first, but like you could just see out there he, his effort level wasn't there. He didn't he wasn't trying hard, so why do you want somebody on your team that doesn't want to be there? You know, that doesn't make sense. Facts. And, you know, we've seen that in the Knicks with, with the Porzingis situation where he didn't want to be there. You know, we've seen it before where, you know, Melo had expressed his concerns with, you know, being there. Um, it's been something that has kind of happened in New York. And now we're seeing it with Julius Randle. So, you know, why do you feel like it is so hard for these athletes to play in New York? Pressure, man. The, the the media is rough. Like I, I, I showed you the press conference with James Harden. Like they asked him the same question twice. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you could just tell he was frustrated. Like, uh, I don't know. Like you gotta have tough skin to be in in New York, a, a sports athlete. Like not even just a basketball athlete, you know. Even even with the Mets players, like I mean, Francisco Lindor had the media on his back all season because he signed that big contract and didn't do nothing. So you're 100% right across the board for New York sports where, you know, it's difficult for these guys. But, you know, what we saw was with Brooklyn, they brought in KD, Kyrie, and James Harden to to be that big three, like, that we have never seen before. And I'd asked you before, but, like, you know, just how many games did we actually get to see where they all played together? Sixteen. Damn, man. What? What? Like, I just don't understand it, man. Like, why couldn't they play together? Like, what was all like the things that had happened, man? Uh, I just you know the, the whole thing with Kyrie with the vaccine, um, KD getting hurt. You know, he he definitely. Got hurt last season at some point, and this season he's hurt right now. So I think it was just a little little mix of, of injuries, pretty much. Yeah, the injuries has definitely decimated, you know, that Nets team. And, and we've seen it also with our Mets, too, where, you know, you have such, you know, promised expectations for your team, but it, it just sucks when you're not able to meet them because you can't even put out, you know, a healthy roster. So, you know, do you feel like if the Nets, you know, had Kyrie Irving playing every day, that James Harden would have stayed there? Probably not. I don't I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think I also think he didn't like his role and the way he was utilized in the net system. So, like, I also feel like he just wanted to branch out on his own a little bit, yeah. go separate ways. Because I feel like when he was in Houston, he was kind of just that lighted-up machine. And, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, Dan Tony, even though they didn't win the chip, it kind of brought out of him that, like, scoring point guard mentality. And we saw that kind of greatly reduced down there when he's in Brooklyn with KD. And maybe that does play to what you're saying about that reduced role kind of in a way. But, you know, do you feel like with the way James Harden has now pushed his way out of Brooklyn that he is the problem in these situations? 
I mean, he better hope it works out in Philly. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Because <laughs> man's legacy is on the line. Facts. I mean, this is two franchises now that he's pushed his way out of, man. And especially to be able to go to the finals with KD before and Russell Westbrook. You know, he's had his opportunities, man. But, you know, on the Philly side of this trade, you see that they get a James Harden. Do you feel like James Harden can help that franchise, like, win a championship? Uh, I don't I don't see him taking them to the championship. I, I could see him taking them a little bit further in the playoffs, but I don't see it all the way. That, that, that team, like, from top to bottom, like it, it goes as far as Embiid takes them. Mm. Now, some people do say that Embiid has been playing in an MVP level. Granted, that this does work. You know, do you see that James Harden would re-sign with Philly at the end of the year? Oh yeah, he already opted in. Oh, he opted in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep, forty-seven point five million. Man. So it's it's crazy when you know you, you force your way out of a, a certain situation and, and and you get rewarded with, with <laughs> you know what I'm Still saying like it's crazy man and you know when you're out here busting your ass it, it just seems crazy how how they're able to make these things work for them but you know sadly we could talk about you know that situation all day but. You know, we all know we're both nice connoisseurs of the betting, you being Betmaster G, of course. But, you know, we have something big going on this weekend in the Super Bowl. So I got to hear your thoughts off the rip. Who are you taking, Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford? Who you got, man? Uh, I, I, I'm going to shout out to Theo. I'm going to go with his squad, the Rams. Okay, okay, he's going with the Rams. Why, why? Why would you say you're hitting? You're going with the Rams over the Bengals? Uh, just that 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 defensive front, man. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, uh, Leonard Floyd. Like, come on, like Joe Joe Burrow. Past two games, he's been running for his life. Like, Facts, and even the Chiefs, even though we weren't able to get to him, he had to do some miraculous high stepping just to get his yep. way out of those situations. And I just don't see that as sustainable either, Jeff. But you know, I definitely feel like you know this game is going to be somewhat of a shootout. So, what would you say if someone were to give you like a forty-six points as the over/under? Which would you take? Uh, I think I, I think it's going to be an under. It's gonna be under. You think it's gonna be the defensive type of game for the, for the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know in years past what we've had is you know the offense has kind of you know showed its way out. We've seen sadly with your Falcons, the Patriots have you know brought it back. So there's never been any shortage of excitement. But you know, do you think that this is gonna be a close game or is it gonna be one of those blowouts? Do you think? Uh, I th- I think it's gonna be close for a little bit, and then the Rams are gonna take off later in the second half. Now I know people do like their prop bets. Do who are you taking as your touchdown score for this game? Who's who do you know is gonna be a lock for scoring a touchdown? Um, for, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to back Drake. I'm gonna have to take Odell. I think Odell gonna show up. Okay, so you got Odell. How how about a Cooper Cup? Do you think Cooper Cup's gonna score? Oh, that, that's no doubt about it. Ooh, no Ooh. doubt about it. 
Now, I, I know that um, we kind of have seen two different legacies here where you talk about a Joe Burrow who's in his second year, really, and he's had success going to the Super Bowl. Then you have a guy in Matthew Stafford who's had success but hasn't had that playoff success. So who do you think really stands more to gain in creating their legacy out of the two? Uh, I think I definitely think Matthew Stafford because, like, he he was stuck in Detroit for so many years with nobody besides this, what, Mega, uh, Megatron? Yeah, <laughs> and then he had his uh, record-setting season with him. You yeah, know? yeah, so it's like... You know, like, it, it's cool to see him on a good team finally and doing what he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. But, I mean, I, like, I, Burrow, I feel like Burrow's going to be back in the playoffs. Um, maybe not the Super Bowl, but he's going to be back in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think that um, if you if you had to talk about, you know, bigger legacies to gain, I think that a, a Super Bowl win for Matthew Stafford, I think that that kind of solidifies him in the Hall of Fame, you know, because – I think before you kind of could say that with the stats and what the numbers that he's kind of had, it'll put him in the conversation, but nothing definitive, right? Would no. you say that a Super Bowl win would make Matthew Stafford uh, a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I, I I would say it. I would definitely say it. He got, he got the stats to prove it, you know. Especially if you set, you know, two record-setting seasons with, you know, you know, Calvin Johnson, and then here with Cooper Cup with, you know, the yards, it's like, you know, you have, you know, players that are getting better around this guy from whatever franchise that he's been to. And, you know, here you have Joe Burrow who's kind of just weaving his way through and showing what can be done, but we don't know his true potential yet. So, you know, this is a big-time matchup that I'm really excited for. Um, to see, we got Rob Santiago on our Instagram live stream. He says, "Oof, young Jeff." We got K Sam here, Ishabai Crane, Haunted Brims, Alvin, Richie Richfield, Uncle Mickey, Corey, Marissa. Don't forget, guys, at the end of the show, we're gonna do a raffle for our set of Talk That Talk Show lighters. Everybody that got in, we appreciate you so much. Got hooked my man Jeff up with yes, one before yes, the yes. scene, man. You know, <laughs> you know, um, at least from you, you know, being here on the show so much, you know, I think that you've always been rocking the merch, rocking the hoodies. You know, what does it mean to you, you know, to consistently be able to come here on the show? Uh, just a space to talk to you. I mean, me and you always talk about sports, but definitely like it's dope to to get up here and talk to you on this platform. Like it's dope. I appreciate it. Hell yeah, and I always <laughs> appreciate your mind when it comes to, you know, everything sports cuz you know, for the most part it's always unbiased with Jeff, you know, and he'll tell you straight how it is, you know, regardless of whether it's his favorite team. I always get on him cuz he he'll be betting against the Mets. I'm like, "How did you bet against the Mets on the ticket, man? What are you doing?" But he, he'll say it true, you know, it's not a good matchup. It don't look like it like nah, that. Th this year I'm not going to go. I'm not I'm going to go with the Mets. Okay. Now, I think I know my answer for sure, but, you know, what would you say, Jeff, is your, you know, biggest thing that you're excited about with this upcoming Mets season? Oh, the pitching, no doubt about it. 
Max Scherzer, DeGrom. Mm. Can't top that. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. I was going to say Max Scherzer for sure. Um, you know, I think that we've been, you know, kind of, you know, lucky to have such great pitching where you have, um, you know, Matt Harvey before he kind of, you know, stunk it out. But you had a Noah Syndergaard. You know, you had the, um, you know, the pitchers like a Marcus Stroman as well, too. Um, we've had a lot of great pitchers that have come through. But, you know, I think that we've never really had someone on the caliber that it is a Max Scherzer. So, like, what do you think that, you know, having him truly come to the Mets, will that make us a contender? I I think so. I mean, also, I think that we, our hitting all around is just better this mm-hmm. year. It definitely is. So, uh, I feel like the combination, because the pitching has always been there. It's just, like, the hitting hasn't been consistent. Yeah. The way it should be. And, I mean, we fired our hitting coach midseason last year, and I don't really feel like that helped us that much either because it wasn't like, you know, we got better after they fired Chili Davis. So, and I just hope that they come with a better approach to try and, you know, get those pitchers some run support because, I mean, how many games did we go to last season where they couldn't get any runs out for them there, man, you know? It was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, I do appreciate you always coming here on the show and and Rob rocking out with us man but you know i think that you know we kind of definitely have to talk about this because jeff was one of the very first people guys that was on it for me about watching power he was always like yo b you gotta watch power this is like the dopest show so like for people out there because there's a lot of people jeff that don't watch it and haven't watched it before so you know from me as someone who you kind of put on and i i've been addicted ever since then i'll, I'll be calling him sunday morning and it'll be like 8 a.m like did you watch it mm-hmm. of course <laughs> b but you know for those people out there why do you feel like you know power is so dope or why they should watch it if they haven't watched it yet because I, I feel like it, it it always has you on the edge of your seat like you know, like you, you're always expecting one thing, and like I don't know, just uh, I forgot the lady's name, the producer Kim. Uh, I forgot her last name, but she, she just produces a great show. Yeah, and Fifty, you know, he has a way of kind of like making these characters really come to life, and you know, kind of typecasting them really well. But you know, I have to admit, like. I, I didn't like Tariq at all, man. But, you know, as you see in the show go on, you start to see, you know, you, you kind of might have a little bit of a soft spot there for him. So do you, would you feel like your, you know, feelings have kind of changed towards the character of Tariq? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, not really. I mean, I, I really didn't have too much ill will towards him. Like, you know, like he... He he is who he is, you know. <laughs> I have to say, I can't forgive him for taking my man Ghost out, man. Ghost was my guy, man. But you we have to go to keep the story going. <laughs> true, true. I mean, how much more can you go? You can't you can't keep making Angelus, right? Yeah. <laughs> but but um, I, well, I will say this: I am excited. I haven't seen it yet, but we have seen the next part to the series, which is the Tommy version of Power. So, you know, from someone, don't give away too many spoilers, but, like, you know, from someone like me who's looking to see that first episode, too, what what can I look to expect with this new series with uh, with Power? Man, it's, it's 
along the same lines as the, uh, as the other shows, you know, like just that power greediness yeah <laughs> it's like oh shit he just got body <laughs> and you'll be like yo how did this even happen and you know doc was you know listening in and watching and you know she was able to um you know pick up right where you know it was and she hadn't seen all the series before so mm. i think that's the thing for me that makes it you know as good or you know something that was a kind of a must-watch kind of like Squid Game because, you know, it seemed like every episode, like you said, just kept getting bigger and bigger, and you could pick up from it from anywhere, you know, and I think that, you know, it makes it, like you said, she produces a big show, good show, and uh, I'm always excited to watch it every week, man, but, you know, I think that, like I said, it's always been good to have you here on the show. Um, you've also always been a fitted connoisseur guy yourself too, where it comes to, you know, rocking your hats, but I'm going to tell you, I did it before with Lou. Uh, we're kind of going to do this little thing where you can say hot or not. All right. So I'm going to show you the one hat that I was able to get from a uh, hat club. This was the, my actual Mets selection. So you're a Mets guy. So you got to tell me your honest opinion about okay. this great outdoors Mets two-tone Got the olive brim, the blue crown, the 40th anniversary with the tan undervisor here and accented with the spinning, might I say the spinning compass here on the top here. So, Jeff, honest opinion, what are your thoughts about this hat right here, this great outdoors mess hat? That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen anything like it here before, man? Yeah, I, I, I think me and Rob were talking about something like this. Something like this. That just dropped. It's a capsule drop, right? Nah, this is actually Hat Club. This oh, is a Hat, hat Club. Club. Yeah. Hey, they came with some heat here, man, especially with the flat batterman in the back, man. Yeah. So, you know, we got to get your eyes opinion. What is it, hot or not? That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> he says tough. So we got one more here review for you before we get into the raffle, Jeff. Um, I've been kind of getting through these different beers, um, kind of dabbling with them as I've gotten back from bowling here and there. But I got two beers here for you. I'll try one. You try the other. We got the Southern Tier yet again, but this time we got the New Haze Smoothie IPA. And then we got the eight days a week, infinite, infinitely drinkable. Uh, this one is a blonde ale. So, which one are you thinking about having here, Jeff? Uh, definitely the uh, hazy IPA. Oh, fine. So here you'll have that one, and I'm gonna try the eight days of the week here. Got a cup here for you if you want to pour it in. We gotta make that beer breathe, right? Man. Always, always appreciated, you know, having some beers with you, man, even before the college days, but we've had plenty of beers, man. Um, I tell you what, anytime, always appreciate ha hanging out with you, bro, even on the Xbox every single day. Um, what, what would you say is like, you know, at least for those people that don't know about our lobbies with the Call of Duty every single day. You know, just how much do you look forward to playing Xbox with us on the box, like with the guys like Reese and Theo and Tuan? How, how what do you think about that? Oh, uh, it's hilarious. The straight, <laughs> straight jokes. It's like all, every single day, it's just like, yo. Non-stop jokes. 
And I tell you what, one of the games that we play the most is the Call of Duty. You know, do you see us eventually, you know, venturing off to a different game or, or nah? Nah, not for a little bit. <laughs> what has kind of like kept you here with, you know, Call of Duty? And what do you think is like made us all play it for so much, man? It's just like quick. Like you just pick up and go. And then like I feel like a lot of... A lot of people just have like different systems, and you still could play it. So I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like everybody is free. Like you know, there's so many different factors that just draw people to play it. That's a fact, man. Well, hey, I appreciate every time I get to play Call of Duty and get wins with you here. So let's cheers up and let's uh, review this Southern tier here. Ooh. That's good. I like that. One, to <laughs> we got Ish that says, "Don't go, go back to Pub G." Shit is ass. It wasn't ass. That's, it's not that's a fact, ass. Ish. That's a fact. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, they they always hate on me, guys, because I love my Pub G. But you know, on a scale of one to ten, Jeff, for that uh, hazy IPA, what are you giving that beer right there? I'm gonna give it like a. 7.5. 7.5? What What didn't get it to that 8 or 9 for you? Uh, I, I just, it was, I don't know. Like, I guess I felt it should have been a little bit more hoppier. Yeah, a little bit hoppier for IP. I could yeah. definitely see that, you know. Um, when I had a little bit of it before, I definitely understood that it wasn't one of those more punchy-in-the-face IPAs that we're accustomed to. Yeah. But um, this eight days a week beer here by Southern Tier is really, really dope. Um, it's a blonde ale. Um, I have to say, for the drinkability that they talked about and advertised it as, I have to give this a, I give it a probably a solid 8 out of 10. Um, it's definitely something that I, I could see myself drinking here on the be uh, beach. But, um, or maybe in the woods while I have this out great outdoors, you know, <laughs> Mets at, right? Yo, I'm telling you, this ha this pin especially on it is fire, man. Um, I I'm, I'm so hyped to always, you know, rock different fittings, man, and, and rep our teams. But, you know, I'm just... I'm looking for one of our teams to actually, you know, make it and win a chip, man. So, you know, out of all of our teams that we support and, and rock with in the tri-state area, Jeff, which one do you think has the most chance of winning a chip, man? Which one do you think out of all the teams we like? Well, probably going to have to say the Mets, man. Yeah. I, hey, I, we, we rocked them for a reason on the show, right? We got to believe in them. What was it? You got to believe, man. But um, I definitely want to thank you once again for coming here and rocking out on the show, young hey, Jeffress. Yo, hell yeah. Well, you know, we always end it like this at the end of the show. If there's any advice you got to give the people out there, Jeff, what, ex what advice would they give them coming from King Jeffress himself, Betmaster G? Uh, you know, just keep it G. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it G from Betmaster G Well hey We got one more task for you Jeff Let's bring that raffle around from behind there We gotta do the raffle here on the show Thank you to everyone that definitely tuned in here on the show We got you know True Exact Javi Caps on the Instagram Alex Balonis on our Facebook live stream Thank you also to everyone that supported In on the uh, lighter raffles you know, we will be raffling off this set of lighters here on the show. 
Talk That Talk Show approved. Always trying to do different things branding-wise. And we got to task Jeff with a, a, a great task here of spinning that wheel and seeing who will win the lighter set. Can you do it, Jeff? So on the count of three. Oh, he just did it up. <laughs> he said right there. <laughs> Who's going to win it? Who win it? Marissa. Oh, man. Big shout out to Marissa. She is the winner of the lighter set. Always appreciate her support. You know, appreciate you so much. Um, this is the Talk That Talk show. We're going to keep trying to do different merchandising things and bring you guys different guests. You know, with the James Harden trade being like one of the biggest topics that we we're talking about, I was just so happy to have, you know, Jeffrey here on the show to give his, you know, feedback on it and just to, to, to talk and, and bullshit a little bit, man. I think that, um, you know, Jeff. For those people that don't know him, who haven't listened to his episodes on the show before, you know, this is my right-hand man. This is the guy I talk to every single day, you know, good days, bad days, on the phone, text messaging, on the Xbox, you know, th this is my right-hand man, yo, and, um, you know, I appreciate his support 110%, and, you know, to have him on the show, just even for a segment like this, you know, it's something I really, truly look forward to, and uh, I appreciate every time, man, so... Thanks again, Jeff, for coming yeah, here on the show, man. And what do you think the chances are of us getting some high quality reps tonight? Oh, probably like eighty percent. Eighty percent, guys. We gotta get it to a hundred percent, man. I need, I need a hundred percent, Jeff, here, man. But you know, I want to thank my sponsors out there. Shout out to uh, Jeff Galata over at uh, Air We Are. Uh, big shout out to Savion Gainer over at Skydive Socks. Uh, Joe Snow and Maria over at New York Life Helping people to get their financial freedom Every single day And then also big shout out to my boy Timmy Hugel um, Hopefully over at Ink Parlor He's going to have the proofs for me ready So we can get the start of the process On these OG 15s man uh, I'm telling you bro It's going to be some uh, It's going to be some heat Jeff You know, I, I haven't showed you the proofs yet But um you know, what is something that you would be looking to look for, you know, in the OG 15 as you have, you know, so many of them? I don't know. I'll just wait to be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I appreciate you all for tuning in on Facebook and Instagram Live. You know, I love you all. Once again, big shout out to Jeffrey Farrell for coming here on the Talk That Talk Show. Appreciate y'all and see you next week.